Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Still never forget when, when you and I, Marty, were in Atlanta and remember we were walking by and there was that woman screaming at her kids um, about these these done kids done messed up my life or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys went and wrote a song about it. He, he literally, well, we passed by and there was a woman screaming at her kids and then there was another woman with them and they were sort of in this yeah and the, the one woman was yelling at the other one that these done kids had done messed up her life and and so i'm <laughs> jacked up to, my life that's, that's right these done, done jacked up my <laughs> life and and so as we're walking by i don't say anything we're trying to sort of mind our own business and i see marty re- reach into his pocket and he starts writing like what do you write down he goes oh that's a that's a hit right there <laughs> They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menswar. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome back. It's another episode of Thoughts That Rock, mm-hmm. where we share three, not two, not one, not four, exactly three pieces of life-changing advice, and we try and do that around a single topic. These are topics that, uh, you know, are maybe some issues, some obstacles, things that people are dealing with in society. We actually asked uh, a lot of our friends and family and here are the types of things that came out of it, except for this one. I'm not sure if this is an obstacle. We just said, you know what? It is for some of us. <laughs> well, that, now that you say that, that actually might be true. Uh, what, what is our topic this week? Our topic this week is how to write a hit song, mm. um, which for some of us is not a big deal. <laughs> but for others, it's a, it's, it's a mountain. I'm doing the best I can. You know, uh, our guest this week is our great friend, Marty Dodson. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Marty, if you don't know, prolific songwriter out of Nashville. Marty has, I don't know now, seven, eight, nine number one hits. Uh, he's written for Carrie Underwood and Blake Shelton and Billy Carrington and uh, who's plain white tee. Who's the guy that wears no shirt all the time with a cowboy hat? <laughs> Uh, Kenny, Ch- it, Kenny Ch- Cowboy? Kenny Chesney. Oh, Kenny Chesney. Cl- close enough. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Marty is a songwriting machine, uh, the founder of, uh, co-founder of Songtown. Um, literally uh, uh, one of our, our closest friends mm-hmm. and just a fantastic guy to get advice from. Uh, we, we really enjoyed our time together with oh, him. Oh, man, he was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And by the way, you should go check out his bio. Very detailed. I know we were just giving you a little bit of a sliver of what he does, but yep. the dude's awesome. Go check it out in the show notes. But, yeah, our conversation was a lot of fun. Yeah, take a listen to what Marty had to say. The man, the myth, the legend that is Marty Dodson. How you doing, brother? Great to have you on Thoughts That Rock. Thanks. Glad to be here. 
be, be with the legends <laughs> in, in Listen, my head. We are so excited uh, uh, to have you and, and to talk about our topic today, which is how to write a hit song. Um, I think it's a secret fantasy of, of everyone to want to be, uh, uh, if not a rock star, at least write a good song, a hit song. So mm-hmm. we're going to jump right into that. What is your first thought on writing a hit song? I think the first thing is that you have to write something you care about. You know, I, I had a, this is not in the songwriting field, but back in a former life, I was a minister, and, and another minister on our staff knew I had written a book. And he came to me one day and said, um, talk to me, I want to write a book. And I said, what do you want to write about? And he said, I don't care, I just want a boat. <laughs> and I said, I said, whoa, wait now, wait. <laughs> and Jumped a few steps. I said, so you want to write a boat? I mean, a book, so you can get a boat. And, and he goes, yes, exactly. Because our church was right by the lake and everything, and he, he really wanted a boat. And I said, well, I think first it's kind of, you got to kind of back up and go, you know, what have I got to say that's important and valuable to people? Because otherwise you're not ever going to make enough money to buy a boat with your, with your book. And it's kind of that way with songwriting. You know, I, I'll run into people, and they'll go, you know, tell me how to be a hit songwriter like you. And... I'll say, well, you know, what what do you have that you're passionate about that you would want to write songs about? And they're like, I just want hits. I want money. I want plaques on the wall. Yeah, you know, and, and there's just not something. Yeah, they they don't really have something to say. And and so I think you have to start there. One of the exercises I give people when I teach songwriting is to keep a journal and write down things you would really like to say to somebody in your life. Mm. So you know, if if you're father was a drug addict like my father was you know there's a, there's a whole list of things that I would like to say to him if he were here, still here today you know and so I can write those things in my journal and then I can go back to those things and go okay how could that be a song you know what what could I how could I use the emotion behind that statement of something that I really care about and I want to say to create a song that would resonate with other people that were in that same position, you know? And that that's kind of, I think, the secret pl- sauce of where to start is that you just have to start by thinking about things that you're passionate about and that you care about and that you really want to say and then find where that intersects with what other people would want to say as well. Yeah, I think it's funny. Um, I was going to answer this, how to write a hit song, at least in my experience, is to co-write with Marty Dunn. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would be your first thought. <laughs> That's my first thought. And then if that doesn't work and I actually have to do more more heavy lifting, um, then, uh, you know, I, I, it's so true what he says about the uh, the journal. Um, Marty and I have, have been friends for a long time and have, and have had a chance to uh, sort of travel around the world together and uh, different organizations we've been involved with. And uh, I'll still never forget when, when you and I, Marty, were in Atlanta and remember we were walking by and there was that woman screaming at her kids um, about these these done kids done messed up my life or something <laughs> he, <laughs> you guys went and wrote a song about it he, he literally well we passed by and there was a woman screaming at her kids and then there was another woman with them and they were sort of in this yeah and the, the one woman was yelling at the other one that these done kids had done messed up her life and, and so I'm uh, we're trying to jacked try, up these my life. Done jacked up term. my life, and <laughs> and so as we're walking by, I don't say anything. We're trying to sort of mind our own business, and I see Marty re- reach into his pocket and he starts writing. I'm like, what are you writing down? He goes, Oh, that's a, that's a hit right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. It's true though. I mean, it's it's. I think um, people think that they don't 
they might not have the uh, the wherewithal to write about what they know or, or what they're passionate about or whatever that might be, whatever interests them, um, because they don't take the time to do things like carry around a journal and write these things down so you actually have a place to start to look, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, tough. I mean, it, when we did... One time we did that exercise and a, and a guy came... Uh, there was a woman who had, he had been immature and he had messed up their relationship. And so he did this exercise and, you know, he, what he came up with was for his title and his thing he would like to say to her was, I wish you'd stuck around to see the grown-up me. And I'm like, oh, dang, you know. I mean, when I hear that, that's got some real meat to it. And, and a lot of people are in that, you know, same kind of boat. So I think that's where you have to start. It's just digging into, you know, this, the... I've had publishers throughout my career say, well, we need more party, up-tempo songs from you. That's not what I do. I mean, it's not how I live. It's not what I want to do. You know, I'm in my 50s. That's not my lifestyle. And and I don't care about that stuff. So me trying to write that is going to sound really fake and disingenuous, Mm -hmm. you know. So I write about things that are a little bit deeper in life, things that I'm thinking about as a 50-something-year-old person. I write about... You know, love that I'm madly in love with my wife, so it's easy to write a love song and that kind yeah. of things. But you know, I just stay away from topics that I don't know or care yeah. about. Do, do you think, Marty? Um, you know, we talked about this in in the introduction that you have written ten number one songs. You've got a ton of great cuts, over a hundred of those. Um, when you talk about writing a song that you care about, I would guess it's probably easier. If you've personally experienced that, you have so much more to draw on. But uh, what would you say to somebody who maybe, if that's the first thought, write about something you care about? If they've never been exposed to it, but they think about it, or maybe this was uh, something that they're just, like you said, maybe passionate about, you could still write a great song around that. I I guess my question would be, it doesn't necessarily have to be part of your history, does it? No, I think it's a lot easier to write meaningful truth than it is to write meaningful fiction in a song. Um, so if it's a topic that I really know nothing about, it's going to be really hard for me to write a song that, that sounds honest mm-hmm. about it. For instance, a a, um, a good friend of mine is one of the biggest pop writers in the history of pop music, and he called me one day and said, I've got this country idea I want to write with you. And I said, okay, what, do, what is it? I was super excited that this guy wanted to write with me. And he, and it was about cow patties and, you know, not wearing shoes. And and I'm like, dude, you know, that's from the Hee Haw yeah. TV show 50 years ago. That's not, that's not what country artists are talking about these days, you know. So I, I, I would say with the caveat, I think it's, you know, when you hear a great song, it's either something the writer or whoever created the song experienced or it was adjacent to their experience. Mm. So, for instance, I heard a song one time called Tennessee by an artist named Angelina Presley that blew me away. And it was about, uh, started off something like, when I was three, Tennessee decided my mama couldn't care for me. Basically, they come in the night, they take this child out of mm. the home. The song talks about spending the next 18 years um, running away misbehaving because she thought if she misbehaved they'd send her back to her mom all these details where you go okay this can't be made up you know and then the way it pays off is uh in 16 days i turn 18 what will i do when tennessee's through with me like 
she's getting kicked out of the foster yeah. system. So I'm like, okay. So I called her and I said, was that your story? And she said, no, I was a social worker and that's one of my mm-hmm. kids. Okay. You know, so I don't think you have to have lived it, but you have to have been close enough to it to honestly represent yeah. it. You know? Wow, that's amazing. It's pretty easy. Like, you know, if, I, if I'm talking to somebody and they're, they're trying to sell me a book about living with a parent that's addicted to drugs, I can tell if they have lived that or if they have just studied yeah. it and wanted to, want to write about it. Yeah. You know? I know that you guys have actually written a lot of songs together as well. Sure. Were any of those, any of the 10 number one songs? <clears throat> We're going to take a quick commercial break. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, not not, not, yet. not yet. Marty and I, uh, over the last oh, year and a half or so, we've written quite a few um, songs for sync licensing is sort of what mm-hmm. we've been doing, keeping ourselves busy and uh, having fun while we're doing yeah. it. That's always fun because it's not anything like writing a hit song. <laughs> yeah. In, in that way, uh, because you're not writing, you're, you're sort of writing for a mood or for a, you know something that uh, you know is going to be used to generate emotion in this 15 second spot or something is different than mm. the Tennessee song that we just heard about, which is like such a moving, oh, yeah. it's a moving thing. It's incredible. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I've actually written a song when I was in college because, you know, I do have my music degree and... Uh, there were no words in it, and it had some diminished ninth chords and uh, and some parallel octaves, and I actually got to be on that thing. I was told you're not allowed to do that, so it's called the Mimes Ballad. Yeah. That's a, is that what it was called? I don't it's called even the think Mimes Ballad. It was beautiful. Fill in the blanks on your own. It was called my end of semester B. You could call it write your own lyrics. Well, I, I love it. So. We're going to start with writing what we know, but what's what's your next thought for someone who wants to write a hit song? I think it's super important to study the craft of songwriting, you know? I mean, most painters don't just go out and paint a masterpiece right off. You know, they study under other people. They look at what other masters have done and that kind of thing. And so I think it's super important to understand why things work and why things don't work, you know? Like, for instance, I'll have somebody come to me and they'll have uh, songs that have no chorus. So that, and we call that like an AAA format. So there's like verse, 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 and there's no chorus. And, and sometimes they'll be great, but I'll say, you know, I don't think this is going to be commercial. And, and I'll say, well, do you hear anything on the radio without a chorus? You know, I mean, <laughs> the chorus is what sells the songs. The chorus is what gets a song on the radio, you know. And if you've done any amount of research, you know, you understand that, you know. So I think it's super important, whatever genre that you want to write, to. Um, study what's happening, what's working, and those you know those things change over time. The other, the other thing is you know I had uh, one of my big big hits came out in two thousand five, and you know people will come to me with a song like that and say, you know, could you pitch that to Billy Currington for me? It's like your song, blah blah blah, and uh, I'll say, well, he did that you know seventeen years ago. That's not what he's doing now, you know. But people, we kind of get. Uh, I think musically, a lot of us get frozen in time in a place, you know, so we, maybe it's that we started loving country music in the 90s, and so that's what we think country music is, and that's what we're going to write, and it's moved way on from that, or, or yeah. pop music, or, or whatever genre it is, might be, so I think it's important to really study what's happening currently, and how it's structured, why it's working, how long it is, 
how long it takes to get to the chorus, yeah. you know, how many times they say the title, and those kind of things. There's a lot. It's there's a lot more formula to it than people understand. You know, I think people think it's just you sit under a tree and a hit song yeah. falls yeah. on your head. That, you know, then there yes. you go. Isn't it? I think it's interesting, and and I think there's a big sort of delineation from what you just said. So while it's super important to sort of be aware of what is happening today and how songs are being written today and what's actually finding success uh, commercially. But at the same time, isn't there a danger that, that a lot of sort of unseasoned songwriters chase trends? You know what I mean? Like they're just, they're, they're writing about what's hot in this moment. And by the time they finish the song, that moment is past. What is your, mm-hmm. what is your recommendation for how do you separate sort of the knowledge of what's happening in the present from not being so attached to trying to ride a ride the wave of a, of a current trend you know tick in the in the world of tiktok that we all live yeah absolutely well I, I think you the reason you study it is not to copy it the reason you study it is to learn from it and so you know you you learn you know for instance if you learn that every song gets to the chorus or the title within 45 seconds and you learn they have a verse and then a chorus and a verse and the chorus and then a solo chorus or a bridge chorus and that's the format of 90% of the songs you know you you can do those things without and, and you're not copying melodically what's yeah. going on or, or lyrically what's going on but it, you can also learn you know trends like here are the things people are wanting to talk about and that kind of you know that changed during covid it has changed after COVID, you know, so it's, there's been, there's more songs, uh, during COVID, there's a lot of introspection songs going on because we're all locked in our houses. We're going crazy thinking, you know, and then it becomes a point where we're able to get out. And so there's more songs about breaking out of, you know, of this thing. And so you take all that and you put it in your toolbox and you don't go, okay, I've got to write a song about breaking out. That's this long. That's, you know, into all these things but you're informed you, you're making informed decisions so if you start to go well it's a minute and a half and i'm still not to my chorus maybe i need to yeah. rethink that and try to get there a little bit quicker yeah. you know that kind of thing so yeah don't i don't don't study it to copy it but study it to to have all those tools in your toolbox because you can Love see that. you know you might find a song that's using jim's diminished ninth <laughs> chord and you go whoa it's, what is that there, there's a way to way to sneak <laughs> that in <laughs> yeah exactly do, do you think, uh, I know you're saying in this, there's sort of two parts. You're saying, one, you can study hit songs and, and what's maybe relevant, how those the sort of progress today. But also the other is the craft of songwriting. And I, I sort of have two thoughts here quickly. One of them you guys probably remember, I think you actually turned me on to NBC's show, um, Songland. Sure. So in Songland, which you knew, you probably were a fan of as well, Marty, but it really did show the necessity and the need and how important a producer is because even the best songwriters there is there there they maybe come from a place where this is their sort of template and you can get somebody in there who might actually switch you know the, the bridge in a in a little bit earlier place or perhaps the first lyric that should be the hook that's the one thing that's going to become the the course later on and so i think writing a song and writing a hit song are two very different things obviously but that show, in a lot of ways, gave gave people a chance to get underneath the grill and learn a little bit more about it. That's one way I would guess to 
study hit song, but I would love to hear from you and maybe from Brant because both of you guys were a part of banding people together. And so I, I think at least in the corporate world, this is a fun way to introduce people, the fundamental basics. So maybe talk a little bit about what you guys did at, at banding people together, but also what would be some other things? If somebody really wanted to go, I want to study the craft of songwriting. Where do you send them? Where do they go? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah. Well, I've actually got a company called Songtown, so they can go to songtown.com where we teach that. But, you know, one, one of the things we did in, in Songtown and, and when I teach and we did at Banding was to, I teach people, you know, the basics of the craft of songwriting is the first verse you introduce the character's context and setting. That's the job that the first verse has. Chorus introduces a big idea or a big emotion. That's the point of the song. And then the second verse takes that big idea farther. And if you understand that each part of the song has a job like that, it helps you not just, like I, a lot of songs I hear, they just say the same thing yeah. over and over. You know, it's like <laughs> they're saying the same thing in the first verse they say in the chorus and the same thing that they say in the second verse, you know. So I think it's understanding that, and that's part of the craft that you have to learn or you have, you have to get a mentor um, to teach you those kind of things, like how to structure a song, you know, what you're, what you're trying to do in the first verse. You want people to understand who's involved, what they're doing, and where they are, if that matters, mm-hmm. you know. And so you have to, to figure out ways to, to tell that story and, and accomplish that job. And then you move on to introducing your big idea. Then you take it farther in the second part. Yeah. Yeah. Explain uh, banding people together for a quick second, too, because I got a story from when you guys were both that in a bash. Sure. Um, so uh, Marty and I were part of an organization. We still do work occasionally with banding people together. Um, banding started off years, maybe 10 years ago now, as a, sort of a team-building company that would use songwriting as a way to teach uh, organizations how to collaborate a little bit better. Um, it sort of has morphed into now more of a behavioral science uh, data conglomerate that is an incredibly powerful way to teach people um, about their collaborative behavioral styles and um, it's all sort of wrapped in rock and roll to get it memorable and, and um, really powerful stuff. You can check it out at bandingpeopletogether.com um, but uh, Marty and I met um, through through banding years and years and years ago uh, because we would go and do these events and we would break out into uh, writing with teams, yeah. right? And and they would all write an original song together and we'd take it back to the studio and record them and send them back to them just like they'd hear on the radio. And you guys were both band leaders. You yep. would take off the individual groups depending on how big the group is. Yep. I, I remember we were all, I want to say it was Montreal. I, I think it was up in Canada, somewhere near there. Maybe it was near Edmonton. But... We were at an event, and uh, you know the the big payoff at the end. Each of you, as band leaders with your groups, then perform this original song. You know, you guys are doing the heavy lifting, but everybody else is joining in. And I clearly remember uh, our friend Jen Lowe, who was a part of your group as well, was sitting in the back of the room with me. And uh, you know, the songs are great; they're all great. And then Marty went up there with his group, yeah. and Jen just leaned over to me. And she went, "F and Marty Dodson." That's like. <laughs> 
Like it was, it, you feel it's a corporate event, but you wrote a number one song pretty yes. much with the group. That's just how his mind works. He's that good. That's it. That's that's how we all refer to him in songwriting circles. Is F and Marty Dawson. Yes. <laughs> so those are good so far. We still got another. It. Yeah. What's uh, what's your third? Give us our take us home here with uh, with the third piece of advice for someone who is interested in writing a hit song. Well, I think the third one is to keep clear communication as job one. You know, so many times, and Brant, the first time we wrote, uh, you know, Brant comes in and, and he says something like, I can't, you're my blue sky it's breakfast or something. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you trying to say? And he goes, you make my day, like, you start my day off great every time. I'm like, Let's just tell us that. Because I don't know what this other, you know, I don't know what this other thing's talking about. You're using too big a word. I was dressed up as that son from the the Jimmy Dean sausage commercials. (laughs) (laughs) Marty was just like, just saying. You know, I I think so often I'll I'll have writers that I mentor and they're trying to impress me with some clever rhyme or they're trying to impress me with, you know, some something I've never heard of. And I don't know what they're talking about, you know. And if I and if I lose the meaning of what you're trying to talk about, then you've lost everything, yeah. Yeah. you know. So I really mentor people to to like keep communication job one. And so you know, if your song is a, um, especially if it's a song like let's say I can't make you love me that Bonnie yeah, Raitt hit, that song doesn't need a lot of flowery language. It's got all this emotion. And the power is that we're dropped into this powerful, passionate conversation. And it sounds like a conversation. And so if you start putting all kinds of flowery stuff in there, it's not going to work. And a great example, my publisher one time said, uh, I nearly called you last night. I was in bed with my wife and I'm like, whoa, (laughs) where are we going with this? And he said, no, he was like, we're laying there, it's dark. And she goes, do you still love me? And he said, I was like, of course I love you. You know, we've been married 35 years. And she goes, yeah, but do you really love me? And he said, of course I do. And he was like, I'm about to poop my pants because I know this is not going to go well, you know. And she goes, well, t- well, tell me how much you love me. And, and he said, all I could think of was you're the grass beneath my feet. So he goes, you're the grass beneath my feet. And she goes, so I'm what you walk on, and she slams her pillow over on him, and she she goes and sleeps in the other room, and the you know that that's what happens in song. If I'm if I'm trying to write a heartfelt love song, and I say some kind of BS that my wife is not going to believe, if I say it to her, you know she go like, "You trying to be Shakespeare? Or are you really telling me how you feel about me?" You know. So I, I think just keeping in mind that yeah, you want to be creative. You want to try to say things in a different way, but don't get so caught up in that that, that you lose the communication of, of what you're trying to say in the song. And what you know, what that what's that song about? Yeah. I learned and if two it, things. I learned two ahead. things from from years and years and years of writing with Marty. The first uh, was don't show up without an idea. Mm. It's worse than showing up with the worst idea, right? So so you, you <laughs> right. got to have some something mm-hmm. because even even something good can come from the worst. Uh, suggestion or idea. Oh, no, I get it. Right. <laughs> where's, where's the cuss button? <laughs> um, the, uh, 
uh, and the second is is really he taught me to just if I'm not if I don't say it that way if I w- if, would I ever actually look at someone and say that to them if the answer is no then what are you doing mm-hmm. just say it like you would say it and and it really helped um, you know we we did uh, we wrote an album together called Nantucket Circle and some and that was right after sort of uh, uh, Theo being diagnosed uh, with cancer and going through all of that and and you know how do you how do you write a an album on a really heavy or surrounded by a really heavy subject Mm -hmm. that people want to listen to and not want to drive their car off a cliff. And so, you know, it, it really helped to just sort of use very plain language and where you were, um, to, to communicate because people resonated with that, you know, Mm -hmm. they've been there. And, and if it was wrapped in all these metaphors, if they have to ask themselves, what, what did they mean? Then, um, you sort of lost your opportunity to, to have that impact. And so that that to me was just profound, and and that's something I've kept with me for. I mean, shoot, that was almost ten years ago, I think, Marty, that mm. that we wrote that record together, yeah. and and uh, you know, it's it continues t- even even in speaking and going out and doing gigs. It's like just say what you're going to say, be very direct and to the point with it, um, and and try to be as as real with the discussion as you possibly can. Well, these kids done jacked up my life. They think <laughs> it's exactly how I feel. Yeah. So they can, they I wish I it. would have said that, you know, and written about it. <laughs> it, it I, I've told Marty, one of my favorite songwriters is a, a guy named Dave Ramirez. Oh yeah. Um, from, uh, uh, Austin, Texas. And, and I listened to his songs and, and you know, the funny thing is you think like it, he just has such a way with words that you think he's rapping things, in in metaphors but he's really not he's just talking like he would normally talk if you actually had a conversation Mm -hmm. with him Mm -hmm. he has this song um i think it's called the invitation it's really about his sort of introduction to church as a kid um and the line is uh they raised me on donuts and coffee under fluorescent lights we uh, we watched outdated movies it smelled like a hospital, but no one was being cured. Tell me where to find. Tell me where to find the hmm. Lord. And I'm like, oh, shit. I just want to wow. burn every song I've ever written. <laughs> what do you have? I have ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, but, but as I go back and I look at that, my brain wants to say that it was, it was wrapped in metaphors and stuff. But in reality, he was just literally describing what his yeah you know what going back to the first idea of write what you know that's what he knew that's what his experience was and he just told it as plain as plain can be and it was just incredibly powerful and i could see the exact room under the fluorescent lights where the coffee and the donuts were at my church (laughs) yes you know i mean so he put me in that place i can see my own Situation. Never the good donuts details. either, yeah, man. It was like the, they were dry. It's like nah. the you know eight month old. They were like three day old say, yeah. little Debbie's. Yeah, all wrapped donuts. Yes. Yeah, like that. Like those hostess <laughs> donuts. <laughs> so, exactly. just to sort of wrap up, um, you know, if I got your your thoughts uh, that rock on this topic about writing a hit song, you have write about something that you care about. We talked a little bit about that, yeah. whether you've experienced it or not, or at least adjacent. You said. Learn the craft of songwriting, and part of that might be studying great songs, and then just put clear communication first. Just say it the way that you would say want to say it. Mean. Yeah, be as clear as possible. So, 
Well, I hope there are some people that, as you said, I think so many people want to write a book. So many people would love to be able to write a hit song, write a song, let alone a hit song. But these are brilliant, man. And uh, we we were just talking about you before the show started about just how great you are, not only as a prolific, proficient, obviously very – um, you know, just accredited songwriter, but man, you're you're like one of the most decent guys we know. We 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 love Marty oh, Dotson, man. You. You're 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 it. You're hit, Marty. That's way more important than his <laughs> <Yeah>. song. <laughs> you're a hit. He's the hit. Yes, man. yes. Yeah. Thank Listen, you. man, we love you. Um, where if people want to follow along on on Marty's merry-go-round, where where should they follow you on the net? Well, all the song stuff is at songtown.com, and uh, we have. Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm at at Marty Marty D Songs on Instagram. Um, have Marty Dodson Songwriter on Facebook. TikTok. Pretty, What's pretty your TikTok? I've, seen, I've <laughs> seen your TikToks. Yeah. I do, you know, I have a TikTok, yeah. but I don't even know what it is. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I follow him, so I know that occasionally he does post something. He's a Gen Xer. It's probably. <laughs> It's probably Marty D songs on that as well. But I, I think it is. Yeah. Listen, we'll make sure we have it. The correct, we'll have the correct uh, address in the show notes for sure. We'll put That's all right. that basically that you yeah. said. Awesome. This is great, man. Th- thanks a lot for spending a half hour with us and just uh, walking through that, man. You're just thanks, you're one guys. of the good guys, and and we have fun just rapping with you. You bet. Love you, brother. Thanks we'll for having me. It's good to see you. you. Rock on. Love y'all. Hey, rock stars, thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, and listen, we know how busy you are, and grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Thus That Rock is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org. Finally, if you're interested in having Brant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at thoughtsetrock.com. Until next time, rock on! Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.